1: Welcome to Warden's Watch Wild, where we talk to wildlife professionals. Brought to you by the Village Gun Store, Whitefield, New Hampshire. I'm your host, Game Warden Wayne Saunders, and this is Warden's Watch Wild. So, I'm back with biologist Jill Kilborn, New Hampshire Fishing and Game, and this time we are going to talk about Fisher. And we hear Fisher Cat. As a matter of fact, we have Fisher Cat Baseball. And that's what, kind of what I first wanted to tackle, Jill, is the term fisher cat, because a lot of people relate the fisher to fisher cat. And I, yeah. uh, my whole career, I tried to change that, but it, it still hasn't changed. And then we have a baseball team named after fisher cats. It doesn't help. Uh, yeah,
2: no, it definitely did not help. But yeah, fisher are not cats. Uh, yeah. They are weasels. <laughs> yeah.
1: And the second largest in the weasel family Yeah, but wolverine.
2: Our- but uh, the largest that we have here in the Northeast. Yes, yeah, for sure. So, um, And a big male fisher can get up to, you know, 15 pounds, I think, is, is wow. a big. So when you think about a 15-pound weasel out there in the forest, yeah, that's a, a big predator running around in our woods for sure. Uh, and
1: so. they certainly are known, they could be... Pretty neat to watch, but when they are cornered, they, they are ferocious.
2: Yes, they are. Fortunate enough to do some live trapping mm. of both Fisher and Martin and a Fisher in a live trap for sure. Uh, they're not too happy about it. So mm. they definitely are, are furry kind of snakes in a trap.
1: <laughs> yeah. So. so mostly brown. Do they change color as well, like the the Martin?
2: No. So Fisher actually stay that deep chocolate brown throughout the year, not much change in the color of the actual fur, but, you know, changes in the fur uh, throughout the year with the warmth and and that kind of thing. But they also can get a white blaze on some of them, so much like our bears sometimes get it genetically, Mm -hmm. that can be in a fisher population as well, so they can have a white blaze on the chest. But for the most part, just a uniform, dark chocolate brown um, for fisher.
1: Mm. Yep. And generally their habitat is...
2: More of a forested species. So they like contiguous forest, usually a little bit more mature forest, but it's mostly associated with the prey that they're going after. So fisher will eat a variety of small mammals, um, but they will as- also go after like snowshoe hare. Mm-hmm. So nothing to say you wouldn't see them work in the edge of, you know, a young softwood stand where a snowshoe hare would be super abundant. yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Nope. And red squirrels, that type of thing. Red
2: squirrels. Mice. Mice, but uh, probably a big component of like snowshoe hair. Because mm-hmm. you think about the caloric value of an animal, like a snowshoe hair, that they can get a little bit more meat off of as opposed to a... A red squirrel. There's right. not a whole lot of meat on a red squirrel, so it can make a big difference. And for very good
1: tree climbing.
2: Good tree tree climbers, for sure. You know, some people consider them kind of arboreal, which means that they're in the treetops a lot. But um, definitely spend a lot of time on the forest floor as well. Um, anybody that's followed a fisher track can mm. tell you that they're cruising around all over the place looking for Anything that they can find, checking out the bases of trees, looking in red squirrel holes, like typical weasel, just all over the place all over the time.
1: Yeah. yeah. No, I, you can see they're like their little hopping thing and their tail kind of follows them when they move. I, I always thought that was pretty yeah. pretty funny to watch them move through and
2: yep, almost did, like a slinky. Yeah going through. Uh, that's through the exactly woods. <laughs> right. It's just like a slinky. Do
1: do do and they're they they kind of have a tendency like, to like the little hopping so yep. hop yep. here hop there and
2: and that's the telltale sign for weasels in general when you're tracking them is that kind of double pattern with the offset tracks is mm. the, the typical weasel track pattern nice yep.
1: nice that that's great and uh we've had fisher pretty prevalent in the northeast quite a bit here but I know there was a project in you know probably before you came on where we were trapping Fisher and trading and sending them to Pennsylvania. And I don't know if we were trading for turkeys or yeah, what. Yeah, that,
2: that was the word. We were getting turkeys in... in uh to, for our, our fisher. So, yeah, we have some New Hampshire fisher that went to Pennsylvania and Pennsylvania turkeys that came here to help with the re- turkey reintroduction that we did.
1: Yeah, and I remember so. there was a trapper up in Colbrook when I was there that was trapping them, live trapping them, and he really got a kick out of live trapping fisher. And they have a chuckle to them a little too when they're noise. So I always remember that they have a little chuckle.
2: Yeah, it is a very interesting vocalization. I've heard it in the live trap as well when yeah. they get kind of really upset or angry. They It's, a, it's an interesting vocalization. Yeah. yeah. I wish we could play it.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, and, I, and I might have to intersect one in there for at, the, at the end of this so people can hear it because yeah. it, it is very unique. And that's the only time I've ever heard it is in that, in that trap. In a live trap, yeah. yeah. and it was just kind of a chuckle. But he would always he always wanted to show me the fishery trapped, And I was like, I think I was in my first year of being stationed in Colebrook. So oh, that's no kidding. Yeah, this
2: was. no, that's great.
1: Yeah, it was really cool to see them up close and in person. And then we have a baseball team named the Fisher Cats, which just, uh, you know, I'm like, every time I try to correct people, no, it's just a fisher. Yeah, uh, yep. are they called sables as well, or is that just uh, the pine martin? No,
2: I think that's pretty m- just martin. Okay, yep. I've never really heard of any other.
1: And are they in Europe? Do the, the fisher go? Are oh, they- that's a
2: great question. Yeah, um, I'm sure. I hate to
1: ask questions that you don't know. Yeah, <laughs> <I> was,
2: <laughs> I'm not. I'm not sure because uh-huh. I haven't done as much work looking at their distribution. But I'm sure if not the fisher, there's something very close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would imagine to the fisher in Europe. Um, yeah, and that's, that's a great question. you know when
1: we talked about Martin earlier, uh, that's kind of what the sable I always thought was of the Fisher in, in in Europe. And you said so, and I'm sure you're absolutely right. I just never followed it up because now I'm like, is there Fisher in Europe?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, and a lot of it goes back to what you know furriers used to call different furs, right? right. So like sable coats were. Very high end in that sable fur, and that's yeah, that's the the marten fur that that was. And I and
1: I wonder why that didn't carry over to North America as people migrated from Europe.
2: Yeah, some people still call them sables sables. in North America, but I think it's more of a the common name that's used in Europe for them. So nice, but yeah,
1: it's neat to see those origins.
2: I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about Fisher numbers in New Hampshire. Absol- oh, absolutely, yeah. numbers
1: and the cyclic process, you know, process of that too. Cause, because uh, I
2: think it's highly related to why our our Martin actually have done so well in the last mm, twenty years. I exactly. think our our Fisher population actually um, declined over the last 20 years or specifically probably about 15 years ago, we saw a pretty significant decline. And we th- were starting to find out that maybe it had something to do with some disease in the population and possibly distemper that got into Fisher. Mm. Um, and I think ironically, it was one of the things that contributed to Martin actually expanding in New Hampshire. So it's a really interesting dynamic uh, between the two species.
1: Yeah. Cause we've actually, you know, for trappers, I remember when I first came on, it was very easy to get your limit yeah and I think back then it was ten, and then we reduced it and but I remember it was real easy. anybody could get you out trap fisher and there was a point there when i to, before I came on actually that they were one of the most desired furs because you could get, you know, big money for them up to like $300 a pelt and maybe even a little bit more. So yeah. it was a very targeted uh, species, especially when you could get 10 and you get $300 each. I mean, that was, that was some good money for trapping back then.
2: For sure. And, and I think um, I've heard some of the trappers say that New Hampshire Fisher specifically were highly sought after. after. Mm. And I think it has to do with the timing of our season and the primeness of the pelt. Right. And so that our Fisher actually got more money when they would sell them than a lot of the other fisher because they were nationally. prime yeah mm. because of the condition of the, the pelt and the quality that was mm. coming out of new hampshire so yeah our fishers a- actually yeah.
1: and it was a, a very unique time to because to, it's not a lot of stuff You're maybe beaver through the ice or something but you're doing pole sets uh, on snow and yeah you know seeing yeah. fisher tracks and, and there's a lot that goes into catching an animal anyways whether you're hunting it whether you're trapping it and knowing the biology of it and the, the interactions yeah so. i've
2: been out many times with uh, a bunch of our fisher trappers because of some of the martin work that i've done and it never ceases to amaze me how much those guys know about where those animals are going to be and the behavior and how to get them to to do what they need them to do for trapping. Yeah, just the amount of knowledge that goes into it is pretty impressive. And the the traditional
1: habits they have, because I always remember uh, guys like Dick LaFleur going down through. There used to be a fisher crossed in here, but, you know, it takes a couple years, and all of a sudden there'll be another fisher track, and then I'll throw the trap out here. um, And just keep an eye on, you know, the the certain populations where they're crossing. And, uh, yeah, it's all about balance and habitat.
2: It's funny you bring that up, because one of the first things that I learned from dick when i was doing some martin trapping was that martin would come back around on uh, like 11 to 14 day cycle is what he mm-hmm. told me yeah and i always thought that was really interesting because then i went back into the literature to see how long i should leave my live traps out to make sure that if a martin was there i was going to catch it mm-hmm. and the literature said 10 to 14 days <laughs> so it was almost like the trapper knew that and yeah. then the literature backed it up which was really cool to yeah. to find that relationship yeah, so.
1: absolutely we should be uh, getting resources from those guys that are in the woods I and understanding always it. Yeah. yeah pepper
2: them with questions whenever I have the opportunity to get out with a trapper and ask them questions it's yeah. like the first thing I do
1: take that so. knowledge back and then you can put it in the literature Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well thanks for so much for enlightening us on uh The Fisher here at uh, Warden's Watch Wild.
2: Awesome.
1: Welcome to Warden's Watch Wild where we talk to wildlife professionals brought to you by the village gun store whitefield new hampshire i'm your host game warden wayne saunders and this is warden's watch wild